Okay, I believe we're live. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for being here. Um, thanks for tuning in. If you didn't already know, I'm here with author Emily Dabb to talk about reading, writing, publishing, more fantasy fandom, all that stuff. Hi, Emily. Hey, Samuel. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Um, thanks for coming on with, with all the te technical difficulties and schedule changes and stuff. We still made it happen, so I'm glad for that. <laughs> Emily is a fantasy author. She's written a fantasy adventure novel called Errant, A Legend of the Gallant Knight. And I'll let her tell you more about that in just a minute. Um, and as always, I'm, I'm grateful that she's come on to, and agreed to be with us here today to answer some of our questions. So I do have some questions prepared as always, but I also want to make this an interactive discussion. So if you're watching today, wherever you're tuning in from, um, if you're a fan, a reader, an aspiring author, a fantasy, a fascinata, or whatever, post your questions in the chat about reading, writing, publishing, all the above, and Emily's work, and we want to hear from you too. Okay, so it should be a good time. So Emily, for those who aren't familiar, um, can you give us just a quick overview of your book and or any other major writing work that you've done? For sure, yeah. Um, so Errant is a medieval fantasy. It's an adventure. Um, and it focuses on uh, the knight as the main character. And he goes on um, several quests, but there's one main quest throughout the book. And um, it's full of... Uh, you know, sword fights and long journeys and um, horseback riding and, you know, all the fun stuff that you think of when you think oh, medieval, yeah. medieval knighthood. Who doesn't um, love medieval fantasy? I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it focuses on him and his journey and uh, uh, kind of asks the questions, uh, how do you deal with... Uh, with bitterness being someone who is supposed to be this noble character. So there's uh, there's many questions throughout the book, but that's kind of the main thrust. He has a specific relationship in the book that uh, challenges him. So, sure. okay. yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's the hero's journey and we're all on different hero's journeys, but I mean, every hero has struggles to overcome, right? Exactly, yep. Mm -hmm. Cool, you said it's a fantasy, I wonder, um, is it, is it just like medieval or are there, are there like magical elements in your world? Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about what makes it fantasy? Yeah, so um, it tends to be more of a realistic fantasy. So there's not necessarily the, um, <clears throat> the uh, creative magical elements that you might find in like, uh, oh, what's a modern example? Like Aragon or, yeah. um, a, you know, uh, maybe a better example would be, you know, Tolkien has created this entire, you know, lore behind his world and he's got magical elements. So there's not necessarily um, that level of, of magic. It's more fantastic um, spiritual elements. There's a lot of like spiritualism and um, yeah, but more, more realistic. So you're going to find, um, you're going to find like some confrontations with like dark forces and okay. um yeah so that kind of stuff okay is it like set in real history like medieval times kind of no, no. so the setting is uh kind of feels like histor a historical fiction but it is a completely different world it's an imaginary world <laughs> that makes it fantasy so cool yep yeah okay okay Sounds fun. I know that. I mean, obviously, there's a huge audience for that. I, I deal with a lot on, on here. I deal with a lot of fantasy and sci-fi speculative people, and mm -hmm. 
I mean, I love Tolkien too. Who doesn't? So. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> um, Donna asked a question in the chat. She said, Emily, since you come from a long line of oral storytellers, what made you decide to put pen to paper, so to speak? Um, actually, oral storytelling played a huge part in my decision to decide to write because um, it, it started when I was young. Uh, I would be I would tell the stories to my sisters mm -hmm. as we were going to sleep or whatever. Uh, we did a lot of reading aloud. Uh, we listened to our grandparents tell stories. We listened to our parents tell stories. And um, so stories were a huge part of our family life. Um, and then I had the practice of and the in the initiation into doing it myself and <clears throat> but not with like telling family history, but with creating and inventing random stories. Uh, the Gallant Knight is one of those stories actually that started back then. So from, from when you were young? Yes. Yeah, awesome. telling a bedtime story to my sisters. That's where it initiated. Yep. That's, cool. I, that's also like Tolkien. He, he started writing. I think the Hobbit. I mean, for, for his kids, but yep, yeah. I mean, it's it's cool when you have and you have an idea that you've had since your childhood, and you're like, I can flesh this out and make something out of it still. Yes, and it just slowly transforms as you grow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and what and at some point you decide to write it down and and yep. put it into writing as well. So yep. When did you get in? When or how did you get into writing? Um. So. That also I got into pretty young. Um, my mom encouraged me to write. Uh, I, so I started writing like short stories or short snippets of scenes for, for classes and things like that. And I actually started writing essays the most. Um, I wasn't a huge fiction writer until, um, actually until I started Errant, which uh, for people who have met, who know me, it's it took me a long time to actually complete that book. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Errant was uh, the first major fiction work that I actually started on and completed. Um, mm. There were some uh, westerns in between there because I love, um, mm -hmm. love cowboys, love cowboy stories. So, but hey, there's yeah. still time in the future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. And so, so you're, a, you're a writer. I mean, it's, it's, I, I didn't realize this because I mentioned you had some experience with the oral storytelling and you're an illustrator too is what I'm, is what I'm hearing um, from your website what kind of art do you do um so I tend to focus on uh in my in my own uh character drawing I do a lot of people okay. and faces and um I I love drawing animals as well but usually people is what I focus on is that um, portrait behind you is, it, is, is that is that one yours this is this is Galacticus from the story Errant. Awesome. Okay. He's one of the main characters. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it, it looks good. I mean, I'm 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 not an art critic, <laughs> but it looks good to me. It, it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah it, Thank you. Thank if you. I, if anyone is, is catching is catching the podcast later and only hearing the audio, you might want to might want to come to Facebook or find find the video version because because you can see you can see the art. But yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. Did you do the art for Errant then? No. So the cover was actually done by the independent publisher that I hired to, okay. to put the book together. Um, I gave them like the specifics for what I wanted on the cover, the color scheme, the style, the, the, even the position of the, 
<clears throat> the night on the front, but they they put it together for me, and it was uh, it was a nice assist at the time. There, uh, I was anxious to get it out and didn't feel like I had the focus to to create the the picture that I wanted. So we love to do both. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and 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 I mean, are there pictures inside the book, or is it, is it just novel? Nope, nope. It's just a novel. There's no pictures or illustrations yet. Maybe yeah. in a later version. <laughs> okay. hey, one thing at a time. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's good to have multiple interests, but also ones that can intersect and, and work together when maybe maybe sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. How did you get interested in writing fantasy? Like, I'm wondering, like, what are your favorite fantasy books, movies, anything? Yeah. So um, I've got a I've got quite a list of of ones that I like, ones that I feel like. Um, drew me into telling fantasy stories. Um, but I was um, talking with my sister just a little bit ago, you actually kind of grow past some of those early favorites um, to where you look back and you realize, oh, well, this was good for, you know, pulling me in, but it's not necessarily one that I would go, you know, it's not a go-to now, Yeah. but- um, You mentioned Aragon, well, well uh, <laughs> Is that, is that like like still one of your favorites or, or no? No, that, that was never a favorite. That was just, that was what came to mind as I was like brainstorming, what are mm -hmm. fantasy books that I have? There are actually not very many um, young adult or adult fantasies. Wow. And maybe I just haven't, haven't broadened my scope yet to read enough of them. Uh, okay. Actually, the Realm Makers group has been excellent because yeah, I didn't right. realize there was such a, a <laughs> you know, volume of Christian fantasy writers. That's been, right. that's been wonderful. I was just yeah. kind of stuck with, you know, whatever was coming out. <laughs> um, Aragon came to mind for me when, when, when you said like, it's, it's kind of, it's maybe, maybe when, you're, when you're younger, because I, I read it in ninth grade and I was like, this is awesome. This is the best thing ever. And then when I got older, I'm like, this is just like, I mean, it's, it's entertaining, but it's, it's not original. And, and it, it, was, it was written by a teenager and it was good for, for, what a teenager, a teenager could do, but, but yeah. not the greatest thing ever. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, um, yeah, so, so for me, a series like that would have been the Song of the Lioness series by Tamora Pierce. Yeah, I know, I know the author's um, name. Yes, so she, she's written lots of fantasy, and um, there was a children, it's a, well, it was middle grade young adult series that probably should be geared toward older teenagers <laughs> because of the content but um, I read it as a fairly young uh, fairly young reader and um, the main storyline what just uh, like took a hold of my imagination it's it's a girl uh, it's she wants to become a knight uh, she goes into hiding to or like disguises herself to become a knight there's the training there's the sword fights there's the espionage and the court intrigue where you know you've got these conspiracies against the king and she's you know um everybody thinks she's a boy and <laughs> so and then there's there's like you know the magic the magic element where she's got her whole world constructed and there's different uh there's good and evil and there's mm -hmm. um yeah so it's it was very oh and the you know the main character one of the main characters is a horse so you know as a young girl reading you know fantasy for getting started reading uh fantasy it was very 
uh, entertaining and very fun. Nice. Um, so that would be that would be definitely one of the main ones okay. that's uh, that drew me in. Um, as far as uh, as far as like favorites, I love Lord of the Rings and Indiana Jones and um, like the Three Musketeers and yeah. uh, Beowulf is actually one of my favorites. There's a lot of King Arthur lore that. I was going yeah, I was gonna add, King Arthur is what I thought of next. Like, 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 it seems like you like the, the classic high medieval stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, the Arthur Tales uh, by Mallory and yeah, uh, the Idols of the King by Tennyson, yeah. uh, Beowulf, which is not in the Arthur legend, but uh, is it is high fantasy. It's oh, yeah. um, and it's Christian fantasy, which it was really cool. Um, the the author who is unknown um, writes it from a semi spiritual perspective, um, and even though there are monsters and yeah. um, and fantastic elements to it, so that one was that one remains one of my favorites and was definitely a an influence on writing. Yeah, hard to get bigger and than than King Arthur and Beowulf. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot to inspire to, but no, I mean, I mean, those stories have lasted for hundreds of years because they in inspire us, and they, and we all yeah. want, we all want heroes, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are there any, um, are not, not, not just favorites, but ones that either consciously or unconsciously have influenced your writing? Maybe, maybe some of those are, or maybe there are the ones you just mentioned. Any others you want to, you want to throw out there as influences? Uh, definitely. Um, I would say those being favorites um i i read those later on in my reading writing uh, journey <laughs> um so so influences frank peretti uh, um, is the has to be the first one that i named because um i picked up a book called monster i know of it yeah it, it was fairly recent at the time and I never read any Frank Peretti before. And I really never read anything in his, he's more, you know, he's um, speculative more... fiction, but he's on the sci-fi side of it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't read a ton of that. Um, and so I picked up this book because it had the red eyes on the front and the big hair, like you can't see any of the face. Oh, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. looked mysterious. I so I, I picked it up definitely here. because of the cover. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And uh, and I was I was gone. I read like every Frank Peretti book after that. The Visitation being my favorite of his, but his um his visual style, the themes that he weaves into his characters, and um and definitely the way that he um the way that he weaves in spirituality with his stories and and presents those things definitely have influenced the way that I write and uh and view fantasy as uh, like how to present it so yeah and you, you kind of realize that not all christian fiction has to be you know amish romance or left behind <laughs> fortunately he's not yeah. in the either of those categories <laughs> yeah 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 no, I, I, read, I read i read a little bit of his stuff he's yeah he's, i think I, I think i read more ted decker personally but 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 yeah they're, they're both yeah so ted decker's similar right yeah, yeah. He's mm. a little bit more, um, he's not as straightforward. 
he's not as straight at you. Um, he his his themes and his uh, his plot lines. I think he uh, he covers them up a little bit more, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but do you mean? But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely an interesting writer and, and a cool fantasy author. Okay, Freddie, any other, any other influences you want to name or give a shout out to? Um, so I mean, I mentioned Beowulf, Sir Walter Scott would be another yeah. one. Um, I really appreciate him as a him as a person. Um, but really, there there's a strain of poetry that actually was a huge influence and like with Tennyson um, and King Arthur legends, lots of that is in poetry form. Yeah. Uh, Beowulf is a poem. Um, yeah. But Sir Walter Scott is a poet as he writes, if that makes sense. Um, so he he has a large book of poetry or a large, um, yeah, um, ca- catalog of poetry, but he wrote stories and the way that he wrote them, um, the the words that, the word choices, the the way he shows pictures, um, that's definitely influenced the way that I like to, the words that I like to choose, the, the way I like to present pictures, um, which is funny because Frank Pretty and Scott are kind of like they've got their similarities, but they're definitely not the same. Sure, sure, sure. And so um, to see that to have uh, that balance or try to try to emulate, you know, what I what I appreciate, but um, kind of cut out. Sir Walter Scott is also very wordy. <laughs> yeah. He's very prosy. Like Tolkien. Um, yes, like Tolkien. Yes. So to kind of weed out a little bit of that and. Uh, and uh, kind of, you know, target in on those power, like powerful pictures, word pictures. So, do you write poetry, or is it just kind of? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Many talents. Okay. <laughs> um, what are you reading right now? Anything interesting? Actually, yes, I'm reading Tolkien. Um, I'm reading Baron and Luthien. Nice. Which is, have you read that? We have it. I haven't started yet. I, I think honestly, I was going to read it, and, and then my, my wife grabbed it and was reading it, and I was like, "Oh, I, I, I want to get." To it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll get to it sooner or later. But but it's but a I, good um, one. It's yeah. a good one. I, so I read it's the a... most really like in, in the book of Lo- in the book of Lost Tales. I haven't read the new. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, it's the a history of Middle Earth. Um, right. It actually it comes before Lord of the Rings, and one of the really amazing things to see about it is Tolkien's mind as he's as he's planning but doesn't know yet what's going to happen in Lord of the Rings because he hasn't written it yet and so you see the transformation from the initial the initial main uh villain eventually transforming into Sauron and uh, Morgoth and all of those people and um and then the heroes in this story which I don't believe are even mentioned in Lord of the Rings, but their influence on what happens in Lord of the Rings and like the transformation of the tale. Uh, Cause he'll, this, this version I'm reading is actually compiled and edited by Christopher Tolkien, which was right. Tolkien's son. Um, and that's a touching thing in and of itself to have his son be his main, um, his main editor and student and you know so dedicated to his father's work that's such a huge um encouragement as an author but also it's just it's amazing like to have that kind of uh, loyalty 
and put yourself, you know, your own interests may be under didn't, your father's. Didn't, didn't he base Luthien on his wife? I've heard, I've heard that. Um, I've, I've heard that. I haven't actually read it yet, but. I divided on that one, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe someone knows, but I believe, I think it was actually my sister who told me that. Um, she did a lot of reading. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm getting a, a mama call. It's good. <laughs> I'm down here. <laughs> I have a two-year-old. I get it. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to reading that one. It, it, it sounds really cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's. Awesome. I think we. Yeah, we have a couple of people um watching online, so that's great. Keep, keep asking questions in the comments. I mean, this is going great so far. Um. Actually, that that um brief interruption was a good segue because I I was going to ask you um. How do you find the time to write and what else occupies you during the day? I know you're a mom of, I'm not sure. Yeah, take a minute. Sorry, sorry, here you go. Hey, no problem at all. Are you, are you okay? Okay, yep. Hi. So here's one of, one of the people. Hi there, who's this? This is Eden. Hi Eden. How old are you? I'm not all the way in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? Are you, are you two, two and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half? I have a little boy who's two and a half. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you're a big girl now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm talking to your mama. We're having a conversation. Tell me <laughs> yeah, so. This is what I do during the day. <laughs> um, how many kids do you have? We got three. Okay. We got three. Yep. Three yeah. girls. Wow. Okay. We have Emma. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Ellen. And Eden. What's the age range? Uh, nine to two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, well, I was, I was going to ask, is there, is there a day job, or I mean, I mean, this is your day job. Yeah. This, so, this is the day job. Is, yeah. That's a fun job. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Raising it's, these people up. <laughs> it's, it's at least one full-time job because I mean, I mean, I'm sure you work more than 40 hours in the week. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, and, and I mean, I've, I've, I've always believed this, but now that I see my wife doing it, I, I, I have a greater appreciation. I mean, I mean you know, I'm, I'm being, being a, a wife and mother is a noble calling for sure. And, oh, you know, for sure. Yes. Again, so, um, the, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, can you can you go back up and watch with Ellen, please? Oh, I don't. I, I want you to go do that. Bye, bye, Eden. <laughs> she said bye, bye. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the actually motivations for being disciplined in the writing is uh, having three girls. You want to show them um, how to be productive at home how to how to build a home um, and the creativity that the Lord has put into that. Definitely. And um, so, yeah, one of the motivations for um, doing doing any um, other activity, you know, is just to um, build into them uh, mm -hmm. interests, you know, and interest in honing their skills and whatever the Lord has given them. So. It's awesome, and it, and you know, I'm, I'm sure your story teaches them values that you want to pass on and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's cool. 
um, whenever I've asked anyone, well, well, I used to ask people like, like, what's what's the biggest challenge in writing and stuff, and the, the most common answer I would get is finding the finding the time, time and or motivation that goes together, obviously. So mm -hmm. I mean, do you write when the kids are asleep, or how does that how does that work? Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. Um, there have been days where they um, they have been playing on the floor for an hour while I am working out a difficult thought. <laughs> but mostly I, I try to do it either before they wake up or during their nap time. Um, yeah. That seems to work the best. That's kind of how we um, do it. Except mine wakes up super early. So I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, when they wake up super early, it's like I found that it's OK to say, OK, you know, rest in your bed for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not time to get up yet. Or even as they're dropping naps, um, the older one, of course, doesn't nap. So it's just like, this is quiet time. This is reading time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you, you, got yeah. A lot, you got a lot to balance. And, but I mean, it seems, <laughs> it seems like, it seems like you're, you're juggling it well. For, I mean, I mean, just from what I can tell. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, you kind of. There are days where it does uh, not happen, weeks, hey. in fact, where it does not happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> We've been in the middle of family life this week ourselves, but mm -hmm. I think, I mean, probably we're moving away from this, but some of us have this conception of like, oh, you know, a published author is like this, this like, like, like um, you know, this famous, like great. Like um, untouchable kind un of. Untouchable person. And, and, and I, I mean, I, mean I, I know most of us know that's not true, but maybe maybe when we, when we were younger, that, there was that, that conception, but um, you're a real human being. You, you, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, have family, you have, you know, your mom. You know, um, yeah. Many of us are published, and are, we're still on the journey. My, my dad has published two novels, and he's still working his day job. So nice. Yeah, very cool. Just you know, we're still we're, we're on the journey. But, yep. Um, and and you know, who knows what the future might hold? But mm -hmm. you know, the, the success happens in the midst of real daily life. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks for showing us that side. <laughs> what do you think is your biggest strength in writing and or what is one thing that your story does really well? Um, something that I would say, uh, it's hard to say what, what my biggest strength is or what my stories do very well yet mm -hmm. with having only one out, but um, from what I can see from this from this first book and then um, just from what I appreciate about my own writing because there are some things you appreciate and there's some things that you think nah that really needs work right um, uh, one of the things that I would say would be my biggest strengths would be uh, showing the, who the characters are through their dialogue um, yeah. so uh, you're introducing a character and the way that they speak really tells who they are mm -hmm. um, I would say dialogue is probably one of my strengths. Um, usually very comfortable writing it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's usually very enjoyable for me um, to, to speak through my characters. And so, uh, yeah, getting their personalities out through what they say tends to be one of my um, strengths. I, I probably can go a little heavy on the dialogue maybe, I'm, but... I'm <laughs> I mean, the characters make or break a story, and, and I mean, dialogue is part of how you show the character. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, I mean, they've said like, you know, good fiction is character driven and all that stuff. So, so like, mm -hmm. if you, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I haven't read, I haven't read your book yet. I, I don't know what all what all goes on in it. But but I mean, even if 
even if any of the other elements are, are were like confused or, or or lacking a little bit, like good characters keep the reader invested because that's what, that's who we connect with. You can take a story a long way if you can connect. Yeah, if you can connect with the character. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest struggle as far as it comes to the craft of writing or editing? Like, what's the hardest part of the process for your stories? Um, I think so far, the hardest part of the process for me is um, going too fast uh, yeah. and not not keeping track. So when you are you're writing speculative fiction, you're writing fantasy, you're creating something that's totally well, you know, as much as you can create something that is totally new um, to yourself or, um, you know, there's names, there's places, there's maybe there's languages. Um, and keeping track of all of those things as you're writing, as I'm writing is probably one of the, the hard things for me. Cause I just, I like to write in a streamline. Okay. I think I, I, a character might pop up in the middle of the story that I didn't, you know, didn't initially have there. I'll give them a name and I'll keep moving. And actually I probably should stop and write that guy down and probably give him a character and like, you know, give him a little description. And so that's probably one of my- uh, So are you more of a pantser than a plotter? More of a what? Um, we talk about pantsers versus plotters. I don't know if you've heard that, that, that term, like, 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 like um, well, Potter is someone who plots it out, and pantser means you go go by the seat of your pants, kind of. So, <laughs> sometimes, do you plot it out in advance, or do you just kind of write and see where it takes you? I I have been trying to plot things out more. I'm not. Okay. I don't usually do that. No, <laughs> not one right or wrong way. It, I mean, I'm, I'm a plotter. But that's that's me. Um, and I know plotting many, is excellent. Plotting helps a lot. <laughs> many authors, even some famous ones, disagree or have <laughs> different approaches, but- um, So Baron and Luthien is a great, uh, uh, I don't know, great example of plotting it out as you're writing. And uh, so Tolkien, as he's writing, changes things, but he's already written several verses, versions right. before that. So it's kind of like mini outlines, but they're already in the legend, if that yeah, makes sense. So I can start with a a broad idea. I don't know every detail. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but but a, a broad outline, and then I just have to figure out how to get from one place to the next. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Going too fast, but I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's been some editing afterward to after the first draft, after the first several drafts to to make sure it's all cohesive. Oh and, yes. Yeah. I, I recently finished that project. That 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 part of the step with mine with my huge um, monstrosity of an, of, 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 <laughs> um, it was bigger, I, I, I cut it down, but no, but no I, I still have to make sure everything's cohesive and I'm like, uh, like I'm, ready, I'm ready, ready to be done with it. That kind of thing. Yep, yeah. That's, that's an important step, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks for sharing. Um, Donna said she has to cut out, but she says thanks for the talk and she's looking forward to the next book. To, See what happens to Rose or Errant. So um, I'll I'll ask you in a minute about about, about future works. But I wanted to ask you also, um, do you have any writing tips or advice that most people overlook or most people don't know? Um, sure. Uh, actually, you mentioned you mentioned success kind of when we were talking about um, family life and. Um, 
actually I keep this but beside my desk. Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. And that's from Robert Collier, who's an author. And um, that, that keeps me going uh, yeah. because I'll look over at that and I'll remind myself that success is not what um, a large portion of the world or culture mm -hmm. tells you it is, the money or um, notice or getting tons of reviews even, or getting, you know, even opportunities. Success is not having a bazillion opportunities to promote your work. Um, success is, uh, especially for the Christian writer, is being faithful with what the Lord has put in front of you to do in that moment and doing it mm -hmm. um in a you know in an excellent way yeah and um the lord will make of it what he will um but if you're being faithful that's succeeding and um there was there's kind of a second part to that um because or or maybe an alternate tip that kind of uh stemmed off of that um Tolkien wrote a story um, and he was frustrated and he was writing it out. I don't remember the content of the story exactly. I think it had something to do with a tree. But, but he wrote by, this, huh? Was it Leaf by Nickel? Possibly. I, okay, possibly. Okay. I can't remember the title. He, um, yeah. The conclusion that he got from writing this story and being frustrated with it was that we won't ever be able to tell the whole story. We won't ever be able to get the whole picture I think and, that might be the one I mentioned, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but his conclusion from that was profound because we want to, we want you know our work to be perfect or you know the most excellent it can be, and yes, we do. We want it to be excellent, um, but there's a moment in time where you say, "I have, I've done the work, and I, I've grabbed everything that I can put into this and put it into this, and now it just needs to, to be, yep. delivered to the audience." And so, um, yeah, yeah. And Good. God will use the imperfections as much as he uses the yeah. perfections, so. Absolutely. I had to come to that point. I, I, I was in what I, what I call editing purgatory for <laughs> for couple years at least. And, and I, I was like, you know, if I spent six more months on this, I could make, I'm sure I could fix some things, but I just need to come to a point and, and cut it off because I've been dragging my feet on this for too long. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you know, we we may never. I think I, I've heard this. I've heard another author describe this as the moral of of that story. Of, of, I think a Tolkien story, but it, it, kind of the idea of like, you know, we, we we may have this this grand vision in our minds that we may never get, and what we put out on paper is only a fraction of that. But it's or like like we we can never, you know, do exactly all that we intend to because we're mm -hmm. imperfect. But yeah. But, we do yeah. what we can and and that's and 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 then there's still beauty in that mm -hmm. absolutely good. yeah good and I, and I like how you mentioned success i mean this is a common theme that's come up in other with other authors i've talked to as well but again you know and an author is not, a published, published author is not you know and, and and it's not someone who's you know rich and set for life necessarily i i, I mean the one percent maybe but uh, <laughs> <laughs> There, there, there's of course there's, there's a few who make it big but for most of us it just means um you know, you know it's still it's still working you know, and continual work <laughs> yes it, it, yep. it, it's, it's a journey it, 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 it's and 
And, you know, you, even if your goal is to hit it big and, and do this full time one day, which I mean, I know that, that the dream for a lot of us doesn't happen overnight. It, might take, I mean, it often takes you know, years of work before you, before you get to that point. To, yep. To get yep. That's great. That's good. Good things to remember. Um, tell us about, about, about your publishing process. You mentioned a little bit earlier um, an, an independent publisher. Did you do self-published or traditional? And how did you navigate that process? Yeah, so um, again, I kind of do things too quickly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to get a little impatient. So I went with an independent publisher called Dorrance. Okay. Um, and uh, it was good for that time because again, I was um, quite busy um, with other things. And so being able to get the work written and um, edited and then have them do the, the cover and the printing and, and everything um, was helpful. Um, I was trying to find uh, a medium between I, I like having control over my stories and so I'm sure a lot of people sympathize. Um, so I was looking for something that would allow me, um, you know, maximum control yeah. over, over the work. And um, again, I was, I'd never published before. Mm -hmm. um, I was just learning about it. Um, so this is me, you know, making making first time decisions so oh, yeah. probably not the best decisions and not founded on the on all of the information um we all have to so yeah exactly so uh learning from that though learning from that experience i am going to work on um strictly self-publishing the next book um and so there won't there won't be that middleman in there but uh yeah so it was more of a more more of a learning decision than it than I would necessarily yeah. say something that I would recommend. Okay, okay. I guess the in theory the appeal of of a traditional publisher is they will help you with marketing and such, and then and they have you know in house people do editing and possibly marketing. Although I know some companies are small and they you know and mm -hmm. again unless you hit it big, you're probably, probably going to have to do a good well, bit. Not, if not, I well, wouldn't marketing yourself i wouldn't put dorrance in a traditional publisher category i've okay. uh, they're 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 kind of that middle of the road like they will do the work for you but they're not gonna they're not paying you up front for anything okay. Okay. um so actually in the future i would like to try traditional publishing at some point but we'll see when that happens <laughs> who knows yeah you, you got plenty of time to figure it out okay. um <laughs> We have, well, now that we touched on this a little bit, what have, what have you done or what are you doing for self-promotion or engaging the audience or building an audience, any of that stuff? I know that's, that's yes. part of the days. <laughs> yeah, uh, self-promotion. Um, so Facebook and Instagram uh, have been a big part of it. Readsy is a website I've used. I'm not familiar with that one. What, what is it? Um, it's called Reedsy, R-E-E-D-S-Y. Okay. Um, and it's it's a reader writer connection point. Um, it's kind of like Goodreads. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, 
And they, I mean, they have all kinds of resources and things for authors and for readers and you can review books and um, it's not dissimilar from, from having a, oh, a, a Goodreads account where you're suggesting work or you're posting yeah. things. And so there's, there's like elements of posting and interacting and there's also elements of like a blog. Um, so, um, but it's a, it's a pretty big um, group of people, I think that's, that's on there. Yeah. Um, so I, that's I been interesting, uh, interesting to learn about um, mm -hmm. and use. Um, I've got uh, a website and I do a little newsletter and I'm not very faithful with the newsletter at this point, mm -hmm. but the website itself uh, is the right dab dot wordpress.com. And uh, the W-R-I-T, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. The W-R-I-T dab D-A-B-B. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Trying to direct people toward that the most. Um, yeah. So, and local events, um, yeah. local, like, uh, local coffee shops. Uh, I live in a place where we have a big town celebration. And so going to the bookstores during that and, uh, and promoting the book that way and, and just walking, walking around and, and telling, telling people like uh, visiting different bookstores in the area and saying, Hey, would you like to carry my book? You know, so that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Where, where um, what, what area are you in? Uh, we're in, I'm in Iowa. Iowa. Okay. So if yeah. you're not a writing hub. <laughs> If you're in Iowa, if you're local to that area, go check, go check out Emily at, at your local bookstore. Support your local bookstore. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, again, that's 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 part of the part of the writing game these days. Is 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 putting yourself out there wherever you can, online, locally, and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, it, it seems like you're, it seems like you're doing it, and and and, and, and like you said. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes you don't see the results right away, but you're you're doing it, and people are hearing about it, and 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 people are hearing about your book. So that's cool. Yeah. Where is Aaron? One person at a time. <laughs> Sorry, what? One person at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's how we how we change the world, right? <laughs> where where is Aaron available? Is it on Amazon? Is it on? I mean, for for anyone who's not in, who doesn't live in Iowa, and, and, <laughs> yes, and yes, may not yet find it in their local bookstore on Amazon and your, your website and all that stuff? Yep, it's on my website, it's on Amazon, it's on uh, Barnes & Noble, it's okay. anywhere anywhere online. Lorehaven, it's on Lorehaven, um, yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. check out Aaron in all those places you normally buy books, everyone. Um, okay, what have you done or what what are you doing? Um, no, sorry, sorry, I had that question already. Um, what do you have in the works currently or for the future? You mentioned, um, I think I think you mentioned there's gonna be at least one more book or, or, or actually someone, in, uh, actually Donna in the comments mentioned she was looking forward to the next book. So I assume there's a next book. <laughs> yeah. There is a next book, yes. Great. Yes. How, how's that coming along? Um, we're in the revision process. Okay. So okay. prior to editing, but the main body of the work is done. Um, that, uh, that could take, longer or shorter depending on uh, my uh, map making skills. Um, 
going through alpha reader and beta reader groups, uh, we found out that we need a map. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, working on a few technical things with that and revisions. Um, Fancy books have maps, right? <laughs> it, it needs a map. I know when I was when, when I was a kid, I was trying to write an epic like that, and I drew a map of the world. But I mean, I didn't. I'm sure I didn't like make it consistent with with <laughs> story or I, I I didn't put I didn't put that much thought into it. Is what, is what I'm saying I, I, that that you actually would need to for a for a for the for yeah, know, it's a, a helpful book. resource when people yeah. are traveling and you're trying to remember new names and yeah 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 okay that's cool yeah um, is there a target release date for that one? Um, no release date yet. Um, okay. I was hoping this year, but it doesn't look, it's not looking like this year will happen. We'll see. Okay. Maybe next year. Mm -hmm. Any other projects in the works? Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, The Legend of the Gout Knight is actually a three-part series and there is a prequel planned as well. Okay. So those are all in the works, the sequel being the, the closest one. Um, I there's also so what's the sequel called? Or did you know Vassal. That? Vassal, okay. Vassal, cool. yep. Um, uh, in addition to those things, um, I've got a, a children's book that is very close to um, being able to, to be published. So um, be looking for that. Um, and it's a, it's a verse, it's a children's book that's done in verse. And then I've illustrated it as well. So Awesome. Um, I'm excited for that one. What's that called? It's called Grandma Takes Care of Me. Okay. So it's a it's a cute little book, and um, uh, along with that, I've got I'm working on um, a subscription publication called Dancing Mongoose on yeah. Substack, and uh, if you subscribe to that, you'll get poetry and illustrations. Um, there's the potential for music to be on there. Um, there's, uh, I'm hoping for it to be a kind of a, an inspiring, uh, read for people who, um, you're wanting just like a little bit of poetry or just a little bit of, of some, uh, short stories or uh, yeah. something that you can, you can subscribe to. It'll come right to you and, uh, something you can read, read aloud, read aloud to the kids, read, yeah, and enjoy, so. I like the idea already, that's, that's. I mean, that's, you know, they, they say a weekly newsletter or whatever is a great way to, to keep connected with your audience, so it is in some ways a marketing tool, I mean, it's it's more than that, hopefully, but but it's mm -hmm. a good way to give content to, to other people so that when they are looking for a book, they'll be like, hey, wonder what else she's done. <laughs> yeah, so this would be, uh, so Dancing Mongoose on Substack would be similar to subscribing to like a serial magazine where you're getting, except it's a, a single single author. So um, I, there is the potential to include other authors in it though, um, eventually once I get it rolling. So we'll okay. see, we'll see what how happens. Do, how do people find that or, or, or I guess, are they able to sign up for it already or, or is it still being rolled out? Um, it's coming soon. Um, I'm targeting June, uh, okay. early June. Um, but you can sign up for it now. Um, and that would be uh, dancingmongoose.substack.com. Okay, dancingmongoose.substack.com. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, very cool. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the name Nancy Mongoose has lots to do with it and I'll, I'll, I'll there, I'll, there's some significance there but 
And then um, where can people follow you and your work online? You, you mentioned your blog, you mentioned Facebook and Instagram. Yep, so definitely the website. Um, and then, yeah, Facebook, uh, I think it's Emily Dab, author, author, artist um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, where are you? Yeah. Uh, what, what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, I think it's Emily Dab 18. Okay. Cool. Emily Dab, Dab 18 on Instagram. I'm looking at your Facebook now. It's Emily Dab author slash illustrator. So yep. okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And yeah. and the right dab.wordpress.com <laughs> and yes. dancingmongoose.substacks.com. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So go, go follow Emily in all those places anymore. Uh, I think that's all for right now. I mean okay. but, yep. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, um, I, yeah, I don't see any more questions in the chat. Um, anything else you want to say to people, either who may be listening at home or might might catch the replay later? Anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah, just uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, and uh, check out if you haven't check out Errant, a Legend of the Gallant Knight, and uh, yeah, connect with me over all of those avenues. <laughs> I'd love Great. to hear from you. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Emily, for coming on today and and just sharing with us a little bit about your your work and, and the things you're doing. Um, and thanks to everyone who watched at home and for, for being part of this. Um, go check out Emily's stuff, all the places she just mentioned. And also um, you can like my page, Samuel and Harris. Hey buddy. My little guys <laughs> over there too. Nice. <laughs> you can like my page, Samuel and Harris for future discussions and content for writers, or you can sign up for my mailing list. I have a link there. When you do sign up, you'll get a free sample of Fractured Heroes, my story that I'm working on and a few of my mm -hmm. favorite scenes that I think you'll just enjoy. Of course, go check out Emily's work too and read Aaron, The Legend of the Gallon Knight. Thank you for watching today. Thank you, Emily, for being here with us. And everyone, you're welcome. So it was a good time. Everyone have a great weekend and keep writing. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks, Emily. See ya.